make one last stand. Take that sign, put it down at the end of the hallway. Help us stand him off. What have you used to hold him back with? Anything we can find. Still have the gun? Two shots. Do I save it for the two of us? Save them for the first two assholes who come through that vent. They're bound to see Wells come up out of the manhole. What do I use on the rest of them that come climbing through? Then you'll have to wing it. Hey everybody, welcome back to another sweet episode. And today, we are going to talk a classic. But before we do that, we do have to correct something. We did Knock at the Cabin, um, which we talked uh, about all the characters. We kept mentioning Abby throughout. So for you traditionalists who like our, you know, to crop their T's and dot your I's, Abby was the, actually the actress who played the character. Abby Quinn is her name. We should have referred to her as Adrian. Um, that's on me. And, you know, I, we just like a little continuity. Believe it or not, we come off as unprofessional, but we try to be professional. But we just use the unprofessional logo to hide the fact that we're trying to... I think I make sense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I totally... Yeah, it, it's basically... The professionalism is not an option thing. Is It's a joke. It's a gimmick. It's a tagline. Yes, and exactly. But, but actually, we do try to be as professional as human humanly possible. Perfect. That's, that's the way to describe it. All right. Anyways, let's jump into it. We're here to talk Assault on Precinct 13, directed by the man himself, the legend, John Carpenter. John Carpenter's... This is John Carpenter's second outing. He did a cult classic called Dark Star, which was a fun take on like 2001 uh, with his with his college buddies, Nick Castle, who we, know, we all know who went on to direct and be Michael, and as well as Dan O'Bannon, creator of Alien. Uh, so it's kind of fun, this one, because this one is kind of where he met his team. Um, when I say team, and particularly the assistant editor, who he would be a uh, date and would be a long-time co- uh, collaborator with, and that's the late and incredibly underrated and talented Deborah Hill. Yes. Um, it's, this was released in 75, 76, something like that. Didn't get a following over here. It didn't get a following until it hit the U.S. market on VHS and word of mouth, but it was big in the U.K. and in Europe, and that is primarily because of a man who had who found it to be a wonderful film, and he felt it would have its finest audience in niche in the European-UK market, and that distributor's name was no other than Michael Myers. <laughs> Whatever and, happened to that name? <laughs> yes, it's the reason why we do have the name Michael Myers. John Carpenter wanted to pay a little homage and a thank you to the distributor by naming him after a serial killer. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, that's kind of a nice little side story. But the, but what Michael Myers said that he felt it would do well because in the UK market they were really into their their, their you know the US westerns. And this is what this 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 does play like a western. Absolutely. And the, and the reason the US mentality didn't get it was because they're so used to the western that they weren't catching it. And which I kind of kind of get, but obviously now it, it has, and everyone loves Assault on Precinct Thirteen. Now, I, I being a big fan of our boy John, we all know he's his go to is Howard Hawks, 
This is pretty much a retelling of a classic called Rio Bravo. And we also already know that he's went on to direct another Howard Hawks film, The Thing from Another World, which became The Thing. Um, so he's definitely, I guess you would say he's a Howard Hawks enthusiast. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, he did say a lot of people didn't catch that there's a George Romero feel to this film. It's, it's shot, and especially with the gang, if you watch it again and again, I can see it. It plays a lot like The Night of the Living Dead. Big time. And uh, I don't want to sound like a smarter's, but... Um, Ooh, maybe smart not, ass. Yeah, maybe in my you know my, my earlier viewings of this film, I, I didn't really catch it, but certainly in recent years, I've watched this quite a few times over the years, but in recent years, um, I definitely, you know, straight away, it was like Night of the Living Dead. You know, it's um, basically instead of the farmhouse, it's a police station under siege by zombies. Although they're not really zombies, they, but they're, they're you know in assault on precinct thirteen, the street gang. But they're also very silent. Yeah, totally. There's a big influencer, and yeah, he, he pulls it off. And you got a black lead actor. Yes, absolutely. Austin Stoker, who um, sadly just passed away there um, about yeah. last year. Yeah, most most of these people have passed sadly. Um, now this came. I'm a little disappointed it wasn't a big hit when it first came out. It's kind of weird because we're kind of glad it didn't because we might not have Halloween. Yeah. You know, if this catapulted, he might have went on to do something different. But John Carpenter's um, came at that time where grind, gritty grindhouse cop thrillers were kind of becoming the, the norm. Um, you see a lot of Bullet and Dirty Harry and French Connection and mm-hmm. Death Wish. All these grindhouse kind of films were coming out at the time Walter Hill himself was being established he'd go on to do The Warriors which yes. The Warriors plays a lot you know he's a little wink at this film as well and even the the score that and I never caught this I, I have all of Carpenter's stuff and I listen to it all the time but the music oh no absolutely brilliant he stole it and I know he listened right? to it. He didn't steal it. That's wrong to say. Yeah. But he got, he was influenced by the Dirty Harry soundtrack. Right. So if you listen to Dirty Harry, which I'm a fan of, it does. I haven't seen Dirty um, Harry in years. Yeah, we need to get to that one. Yeah. But uh, that's kind of where Assault was going, uh, a tribute to uh, what was what was popular in the 70s. The great thing about the 70s, you had Grindhouse, Gritty Crime Drama. We call it Gritty, gritty Crime Drama. Then you had Grindhouse Horror. So you got Last House on the Left, which introduced us to Wes Craven, Tobey Hooper, Texas Chainsaw, William Freak, and The X. Well, I don't think The Exorcist would be. You know, that was a major studio. Yeah. But you get my point. Death Wish and, and, it, it and was, Walter it Hill. Such, and, yeah. The 1970s was such a golden era for cinema, both the big studio productions, but also these independent releases like Assault on Precinct 13, Death Wish, you know, um, Last House on the Left, Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I mean, it gave us, th- this era gave us so many names that went on to become so established and so respected and basically like, you know, the main men within the field, you know, like Carpenter, Craven, Hooper, all, all of these guys. I wouldn't I wouldn't class Michael Winner, you know, as, as one of them uh, anywhere near their fucking level. But, um, you know, the 70s... Uh, I, when I was younger, I used to think eighties was a golden age of cinema, but no. Uh, as I've grown older, I've realised it's for me anyway. Um, on a personal level, it's the nineteen seventies. Yeah, I think it's a different. I mean, each decade has something different to offer. 
Yeah. Um, and it obviously shows. And then, you know, there's always transitions. Same thing with music. Well, you know? with my sort of um, former 1980s, so, and I still love the 80s, you know, and 80s stuff, you know, but uh, I will admit as well that um, I was sort of, um, my thoughts on it were more sort of tainted with, you know, with, with rose-tinted glasses. Nostalgia, basically. Yeah, let's let's um jump into this one, and it's actually a simple film to talk about, guys. It's not gonna be a mm-hmm. long one because it's not much to talk about. But I've got some things I want to uh, uh bring up, and we'll start with the cast. Um, we got Ethan Napoleon Starker. He is played by the great Charles Cyphers, mm-hmm. who plays Chief Brackett in the Halloween films. We got Wells, who plays one of the uh, uh bad guy. Well, not bad guys, prisoners. Tony now he, he Tony Burton. That's kind of fun because he he's, his fame claim to fame was Rocky. Yeah, he's plays Rocky's trainer. He's in all of them. Uh, he sadly just passed himself. Yes, we got Nancy, we got uh, Julie played by that's right another Halloween person, and he played Annie Brackett. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a father and daughter team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chief Brackett's daughter's in this too, and the horrible God lover. She doesn't. She's never worked again. She admits it. Uh, the, the character of Lee, played by Laurie Zimmer, it was the worst acting I have seen in a film ever. I mean, I, I don't think it's that bad. Oh, it's horrible. The, no, no, um, I think what the problem is is the characters are irritating. The acting wasn't that bad. No, it was horrible. We'll get. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Yeah. We got Lawson, and then I just wanted to do a massive shout out. Not massive, but it's kind of nice to see him, Frank Doubleday. Now, mm-hmm. Frank Doubleday is the man who kills the girl. He's one of the gang member, one of the warlords. Yep. But he stole the movie, and I want to give him a shout-out. He's recently passed himself, and he was he played Romero in Escape from New York. That's right. He was a scene-stealer in that, so I want to give him a little shout-out. And he's a scene-stealer in this when he's on it. He's a creepy guy. Oh, you can't take your eyes off me. He's just a creepy sort of, he looks like a wee sort of runt. And yeah, he, he does, you know, steal the scenes that he's in. So we got... Um, it's during a gang war. And I do love the opening sequence when you see this gang just running down this alleyway. And then these cops from above, which they've got the, you know, they're going to kill them. They just blow them away, right, with shotguns. That, that scene is not even so much Night of the Living Dead to me, but also the Romero connection. And I, I know this came out before it, but also Dawn of the Dead. Um, although, the beginning. Yes, yeah. the beginning. It reminds me of the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. Like, Dawn of the Dead came after this, but... You know what I'm saying? There, there's, oh, oh, there, there are go. similarities there. They borrow from each other. And I do like the fact that when the police gun down these six gang members, right? Mm-hmm. And the the, broad, the news broadcaster says, and there was a shootout and six gang members were killed. I'm like, what well, fucking shootout? The cops <laughs> just, just blew them with shreds. I don't think they knew they were coming. Technically, uh, it was a shootout. But yeah. Yeah, I suppose. But... Uh, yeah, so this, it, this is all happening during a gang war, and you have these you have these guys called the warlords, mm-hmm. and they are trying to take over L.A. Now it doesn't get this complex. That's just the backstory. We're here yeah. to talk about the basic story. But they're also like this sort of nihilistic, almost like cult, where they make blood sacrifices and they believe just in complete chaos and massacre and all all around them. So when. The gang leader, uh, the Chicano. This is funny, guys. 
The names are the White Warlord, the Chicano Warlord, the Oriental Warlord, and the Black <laughs> Warlord. So I'm not being racist. So no, that's just what they're called. I know the Chicano Warlord. You're right. So when when they lose their six men, he goes for the six. Yeah, and they're cutting themselves for quite a long time. What are they cutting? Six cuts. Yeah, it's a, they're like a cult basically, and it's blood sacrifice. Saying that they're like blood brothers, and I think even one of the news reports says, you know, that this is not. Um, they're saying basically they're saying that most of these gangs would be, you know, belong to the one race, but these are actually a multi-ethnic gang, um, and that they're and they're like a cult. And that it's it's almost there, there's shades of horror there. It's not quite horror, but there's shades of like some sort of almost satanic cult. They're not like, but um, maybe they are. Just it's never um, stated. But there's they're definitely give that cult vibe, especially especially with the blood sacrifice. Well, it's not it's not blood sacrifice. It's a it's like a blood pact. There is a yeah. I didn't I didn't get that, but. I know there's, they're doing some kind of for our brothers, which we'll yeah. get to because they do this. They kind of tag the police precinct. Let's talk about the police precinct. This is where we're introduced to Austin. He is struggling. Ethan, we'll call him Ethan. And he's heading uh, to the precinct doing as it's being closed down. Now, do you hear the big controversy with the title? Yeah, Precinct yeah. 9, Division 13. Yes, Division 13, Precinct 9. So what happened was, I actually liked the original title. The working title was... Uh, the Anderson Alamo, because mm-hmm. it takes place in the city of Anderson County, and I kind of like that. It's not uh, bad, but I think Assault on Precinct Thirteen is a better title. Yeah, it took actually uh, Yablins, who produced um, Halloween, who came up with the name Halloween title. Yeah, is the one who said change it to Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It was mm-hmm. called the Siege. They had some other titles, mm-hmm. but it, it just didn't make any sense. But he actually says it just rolls off the tongue, and it's it's just, it's more menacing. Yeah, the number thirteen. Um, you know the kind of yeah. number thirteen. But also, there's another error, and one of the signs. It's actually um, Division fourteen. <laughs> you know, in the actual film itself. I saw that. I saw that. It's also Division four. Isn't Division fourteen on the building? Mm-hmm. It's on the yeah, building. The no, it's like, oh yeah. Okay, so we're on the same page. I was like, did I write this down wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's okay, right. because I, I totally love all that. that. That's just pure, independent sort of yep. movie I'm cinema. I'm okay with I, that. I love I'm that. Okay with it. I'm okay with it. It pisses me off when it's like a $90 million budget. Yes. Uh, but So we got Napoleon, and he's being transferred with two other guys. Mm-hmm. One guy gets sick. We don't care about him. He dies right away, pretty much. Yeah. And then he got Wells, and they're being transferred. Now, he's on death row. They're, and, they're being shipped out. Uh, they're being bussed out to, to death row. Yes, they're being shipped to death row, and they have to stop at the precinct because one guy gets sick. Mm-hmm. So that's not pretty much a whole intro. And Starker and Ham have some banter, and uh, you know, shooting the shit. I do like the fact the cops are cops. They're not. They might have. They might be some smart ass comments to the to the prisoners, but that's just the way. It, it's just banter. Um, no one's They're really ordinary people. Yeah, nobody's really a douchebag. It's not over the top mm-hmm. police brutality or anything like that. You but do but, have- but he, and, and also at the same time, they're not like um, like you know, they're not like wonder cops as well. They're just ordinary guys doing their job. You know, it's yeah, not, it's not belly, like the Rambo's either. Yeah, exactly. And so when they when they do get the standoff, they're not prepared. They yes. kind of feel fucked. Now. 
so when they they when they have to stop at the precinct and they get everyone out and everyone's like uh yeah I do like <laughs> Napoleon they try to make him like this badass right mm-hmm. and some of the lines he gives it's like starker as they're doing the transport they're on the bus he goes Napoleon you're yeah. clearly not a psychopath or stupid why yeah. did you kill those men which we never find out by the way uh-huh. he just makes the comment first time i ever saw a preacher he said <laughs> to me he said to me son there's something strange out, out of you you have something to do with death yeah and being real young i believed him <laughs> like what the fuck but here here i'd have to say um the, the sort of line deliveries are a bit sort of borderline wooden as well but you know what it totally works in the context of this film i love fucking napoleon he's like oh, you know oh, he's yeah, no Han I like solo. The guy. yeah he's no hard solo you know like this sort of you know sort of um rough and ready sort of badass who, who becomes a good guy um you know um, but you know what? At one hundred, he's one of my favorite characters in films of all time. So he has got a smoke. Really? I'm, I'm the one. Yep, yep. Well, at very least, one of the most memorable. Uh that's pushing it. That's really pushing. No, it. But I'm, all right, t- Taken into context, yes, this is, this is essentially a B movie, uh, independent film, and. You know, they were working with certain resources and stuff, you know, or lack of resources, for want of a better word, um, or phrase. Um, but uh, no, no, I, I, I really like Napoleon. Now, Tony Burton. That's tonight, right, that's right. So can Austin Stoker um, and sort of the other other supporting cast and stuff. And actually, the father actually um, portrays very well yeah, whenever he first he, notices his daughter has been yeah, killed. We'll, we'll but, get to that one, yeah. No, I'm a Napoleon yeah, fan. Yeah, if you're a Napoleon fan, I mean, then he has another line. Where Starker brings up days, counting your days or something. Yeah. And then he goes, Well, when you're a man in my position, days are like women. <laughs> Each one is so goddamn precious. Yeah. They will <laughs> always end up leaving you. They always leave you. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> I know. It's just, you know, uh, I could picture um, the character of Napoleon and some old cheap western which is no surprise because this is based on a, on a western i could picture him 100 as some old sort of cowboy in a western in a saloon talking all this what is basically shite <laughs> you know uh trying to be like wise and profound and it's just it's just has oozes charm to me yeah i, I mean he pulls it off again it's not the acting it's just some of the time i mean, yeah, I mean it's, I, it's and, and i guarantee dialogue. you guarantee you carpenter when he wrote this he knew he was hamming it up this is oh, it's not intentional. Like, yeah, yeah, it's intentional. It's not because he's he's bad writer. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, we know he isn't. Uh, yep. Well, let's talk about the ballsy scene. Yes. Uh, with little Kim Richards. Kim Richards is a was a famous actress in the seventies. She was a Disney kid. She was. Yeah. Uh, she's now one. She's now one of the um, Orange County, the Real Housewives. Oh, but for fuck's sake. her sister, <laughs> we've talked to quite a quite a few times. Her sister is Kylie Richards. From Halloween, right? The little, the little sister. I didn't know that. Yeah, and who went on to do the other Halloweens? Remember? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kylie Richards. That's her sister. I didn't know that. So, but let's talk about. I tell you why. I remember seeing it for the first time, and the ice cream man. You didn't see it coming. You didn't think this was going to happen. And then yeah. when when uh, when uh, Double Day, um, or the White Warlord, just doesn't even look at her. Really, just. Throws the points the gun in her direction, and shoots her. 
Yeah. Like it was nothing. It was nice. It was, it was nice, well acted because he just does it. Like you did a perfect word. He does it very casually without even thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes to see the evil. And, and obviously, like you mentioned, the father is very good at going through these different emotions. He'll go through rage, which, you know, first, first upset. Then he goes rage because he goes after him. And then we'll see, he goes get pretty much catatonic. Apparently, but, sorry, go ahead. Well, the, no, no, you go, go go for it. Do your thing. I was going to say, but it's connected to this scene. Apparently, another um, reason that the, the film overall became um, so popular is Mel Gibson discussed it in an interview, and he particularly talked about this scene with the girl getting killed. And a lot of people who hadn't even heard of the film went out and sort of got their hands on it um, on the basis of Mel Gibson's interview about it. Oh, whatever works. Word of mouth. Yep, yep. <laughs> so when the father's a nice shot when he's going after them for killing his daughter, where the camera's placed on the headlight of the mm-hmm. front of front of the car, but it's facing the back, it's facing, you know, the uh, the tail end. So you can see the father chasing him. It's kind of a cool camera to use. Um, and you, you can see, obviously, you see the, the father's cars chasing them. And this is where double, uh, I keep saying double day, but this is where obviously the white overlord, warlord gets it because he shoots him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which sucks because I would like to see more of an outcome for him because he's the, he's all clearly the, the insane one of the group. The main villain, basically. The main villain, exactly. So you kill them off right away. I think yeah. it would have been, I would I obviously for budgetary reasons or whatever reason, you had to uh, cut him out. But I would like to have seen more of a satisfactory guess you can say ending he, yes he, he gets killed off a bit in a bit of a sort of shit way as well he just you know what i mean he just he like stands basically in front of your man's bullet so he does yeah i mean i so when he does shoot him there's a nice he he, he kind of comes to a senses like i say he had all these different emotions and when he finally shoots him we realize what he's done and he runs and he gets to a little phone booth remember those phone booths yes and as he's going to make a call you see from the distance one of his buddies, I think it's the Chicano warlord coming after him mm-hmm. with an M16. And this is where he runs into the precinct to get help. And he kind of, this is where he kind of loses it. Well, the scene with the girl, which has been criticized, is absolutely pivotal to the plot of this. So it completely should be included. Because it's, if, if it wasn't for the girl getting shot, we wouldn't have the rest of the film. Yeah, what? why did you say that? Well, I know a lot of people have found it too shocking, um, the scene with the girl, and too sort of too much. Well, yeah, but, but we've talked, you know, but yeah. Oh, all right. You know what I mean? Y- yeah, we're, we're way past that. Though. I know. I, I was just sort of sort of tracking back a bit, but because now the father's sort of reached the police station. Oh, yeah. You know. Do you want to talk about past podcasts too, or <laughs> you want to just do, you know jump sure. back? You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Yes. Okay. Thanks for that drop in. Anyways, so yeah, so yeah, they start they start getting shot at. Now I like the silencers. I like the sound mm-hmm. of silencers. They're creepy. So, yeah, it's like two minutes of mm-hmm. and everything's breaking up. And I do like the fact when the one cop goes out, uh, Cheney, I think his name is, he yeah. goes out to see what's going on. This before that this has happened, sorry. And he goes out and he falls and they all look, Oh look, Cheney fell. Ha ha ha. He just <laughs> fell over. <laughs> and then, yeah, it takes Ethan to go, uh, they're using silencers. He's been shot. Um, 
it was it was pretty pretty funny. Mm. And then they start getting shot at. Um, but I'll tell you what, uh, nothing against the actress, or um, she's not really an actress. Clearly, uh, her acting's so bad. It's I, I genuinely don't think it's that bad, and I genuinely also think it's more to do with the characters irritating. But how is the character irritating? Because well, she's selfish for a start. She wants to fuck the father out. Um, saying, "I just get we just throw him out in the street." Sure, that's who they're no. after. See ever sales? That's Julie. Oh, sorry, that's Julie. Julie. Yeah, that's Julie who says that. Who ends up getting shot? Yes, and dies. You're right. Yes, wrong character. Yes. Oh no, sorry. No, oh. no, uh, no, no. Lee doesn't say that. Yes, Lee's. But, but her, Lee's acting's fine. Well, I mean, it's 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 but it's it's not it's not you know award winning stuff like, but. Oh, that's it's bad. It's solid enough. No, it's not. You're saying solid. This acting is solid. It's okay. Or Carpenter. Like oh, now it's okay. You know, come, even Car- Carpenter got love and goes, gosh, no, she, she did great. You know, that's bad. She yeah. did great. But um, again, she's okay. I mean, yeah, she's not, I mean she doesn't, it's, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't like, distract or take from the film. Uh, Honestly, <laughs> I, I genuinely mean that. Yeah, it's um, not, it's not. It's not Sellers List we're walking, watching here, so yeah, we'll give it a pass. But don't yeah. sit there and say this is good acting. Don't. It's all right. Um, you know. Oh my God! Now you've now you done. It's okay. It's all right. I'll get you down <laughs> by the end of the podcast. You suck. You won't. I mean, look, you know, it's not it's not like the greatest performance um, on film ever. But I'm um, sorry. But by the way, apologies because I got um, her. I got the two female characters' um, names mixed up there. Yeah, unprofessional. Um, Unprofessional. Yeah, well, I'm correct on it. Unprofessional. <laughs> but um, but the other character, um, you know, she's quite irritating as a character. But I suppose they're both. But no, no, but that's okay. That yeah. is that's that's her, that's her direction. Mm-hmm. That's yes. Julie. That's you know, um, who who who's been told. Yeah, she, she she's kind of right. Check the bastard out. They just want him. Yeah. <laughs> um. Obviously, she gets her comeuppance, but. That was what she was told to do, and that's in the, in the writing. And she she performs it just fine. Now I can I be biased because she's in Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I I genuinely think that they're both okay. I mean, it's not now. Sort of, now you've completed. Eh, it works for me. In the you context, went from you went from she's an Oscar nominated actress to bullshit. She's she's really good. She's my favorite. <laughs> no, I did not. Then you went down to superb. Then he went down to okay, and now superb. I never said superb. Uh, don't don't lie. That's just a blatant lie. No, no. no in the context I, of a B movie, it no. does the job. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> so I do, let's move on. I do. Let me ask you this: So the two minute gun blades, where they're just shooting at him, right? Mm-hmm. Now I watched this numerous times, and I've seen it plenty of times. Are they just shooting the windows out so they can get in? Because my theory is, I don't think they realize that there's not many people in this. That they think is still a precinct. Yeah, it's closing down, but they don't know what they have as weapons. They don't know that there's only two people in there, or whatever. Exactly. They don't know the head count. So when they're doing that two minute shooting, are they just trying to shoot out the window so it's easier for them to get in? Well, I, I don't even think it's it's that elaborate. I think they're just shooting at them. Um, you know. Okay. Uh, uh, maybe they are. Well, they are. Maybe that is part of it. Yeah. Uh, but you're right in that they don't know how many people are in the police station. Yeah, and that's why I want people to know. That's why they can't rush it. 
yes. because they don't know what weapons are behind that door. They don't know what they have. And yes. they can't come in from the back because they clearly explain. And just let the audience know there's a big wall in the back with a big barbed wire. Yeah. But also, so um, as well, I um, come back to the cult thing. Um, I really liked when they put like the death curse on them. You know, with the, the, the walk up to the police station with the, you know, the, the painted blood flag type thing. Yeah, that happens after the, the shootout. Yes. They mark them. Um, and it's called the Chicana. Something like that. Something I think that's what Wells was saying. Yeah. It's where you'll mark them. It's kind of a voodoo thing. Yeah. Or something. And again, it goes back to the sort of shades of horror and death cult type thing. I wish they would show what the flag looked like. Didn't really see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so yeah, they're marked. They're not. So... Yeah, during the first initial assault, they killed the guy who had the cold. Like, he meant anything anyway. <laughs> At least he won't get the cold now. Yeah, well, that's what they're making. They cured him of it anyway, you know. <laughs> and our boy, Starker, and the other cop gets it. And, oh, the prisoner gets it because they were at the bus. And yes. they got shot at. And then you just eliminated three more characters. Um, so there goes Chief Bracket. Chief Bracket yep. gets it. Um, so you, you get this, you know process of elimination but again head count still unknown mm-hmm. I like the scene where you got this little parking lot in front of the precinct you got the main street then you got the parking lot across from the precinct yeah and they they take the cars and they probably put them in neutral and they start rolling them toward the precinct and they're hiding behind the cars as shields so they I really like that as well Clever for a, yes. for, for a, you have and and Carpenter and that's why I think Carpenter should have always stuck maybe more independent in some ways mm-hmm. because a lot of independent filmmakers do better when they're limited to what they can do uh, funds wise so well, they, they become more adapt. resourceful and more creative yeah uh, ca- causing them to adapt and, and and create stuff like this we talk mm-hmm. about Ty West a lot who will only go independent and. So it's 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 nice seeing that. Uh, don't get me wrong; when Carpenter goes big, big blockbuster, I'm cool with it. I love his stuff, but I like more grounded Carpenter. Same here. So and it shows in these little little things that he does, and um, when they're when they're trying to break in the window scene, that's fucking hilarious. How many people they killed? Um, when Napoleon breaks the arm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when they come in, they're trying to go in the holding cells, and this is where they have to decide. This is actually a nice scene. I jumped ahead there. When they're going to break in, and they have to go down to save the prisoners, mm-hmm. um, and Napoleon takes a couple out, and yada, yada, yada. And you have Ethan who runs up, and he runs up with them, Napoleon, and Napoleon's hold the door. Mm-hmm. So, he, so they can't get in. And he goes, I can't hold the door this long. You need to give me a gun. Yeah. And at the same time, he's trying to break this lock to get the am, the, the guns out of the uh, locker. Yeah, and the it's, it's cool because it's perfectly timed. As they're about to break through, he lifts up the case, throws him the shotgun, and he just fucking pummels them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's genuinely exciting, these scenes. And it it's is. Been built up. This has been built up, you know, over, you know, the you know everything else that's happened before. It's perfectly paced. Yeah, it's an hour and a half, and it's perfect. And then you've got, like, you have the two minutes when they're breaking, breaking on the windows and kind of mm-hmm. taunting them. Then they're trying to go in from the bottom to get to the, uh, from the, from, uh, from, to the cells. Then you've got the scene where they're coming through the windows. And that's where they just start, you know, and it's bloodless for the most mm-hmm. part. And you just see them going, ah! <laughs> this is a zombie, yeah. Back. 
I mean, it's an, uh, yeah, it's obviously all extras, you know, overacting and stuff, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, Carpenter was a couple of a time, couple of yeah, them. yeah, and but you know, it, it totally works. It's low budget, independent cinema, as I've said, yeah. and it's you know, I love this type of shit. Um, so it's five minutes of them just shooting, and what I liked about it when the all the chaos is done and and they finally get to relax, the music stops. Mm-hmm. and it's done so it's like but it's not like oh thank god it's done it's almost an eerie calm yeah it's almost like what's going to happen next uh-huh. rather than let's take a break and relax no it's what are we waiting for now tense um, it's, yeah it's a nice it's a nice way it's nice uh, going uh, panning off to the next scene still putting the audience in that dread zone yeah uh, Julie's dead. <laughs> she just dies. She's dead. She's lying on the floor. Yeah. And then you hear these, the, uh, he finds that canister. What is it? Cetylene? Cetylene? Oh, uh, I think it's just oxygen. Explosive. I just, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, he calls it cetylene. Yeah, it can blow shit up, basically. That's yeah, all about okay. it to me. Yeah, he plot. says, yeah, yeah. If a bullet hits this, boom. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I just uh, my impression it was some sort of gas or whatever. I'm not too sure of the actual technicalities of the chemicals within it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I'm not, I, yeah I wasn't fuck. thinking that much about it. It no. just it blew shit up, and that's cool by me. I'm sure Carpenter said, "What stuff that blows up that goes in that goes in tanks?" Suddenly, yeah. perfect. Yeah, do the job. And so, so after the shootout, they're looking out the window, and all the cars are back in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and they kind of figure out that what the gangs the gangs quite smart. Mm-hmm. What they're doing is that after the massive loud gunfire and glass breaking and everything, they're still in the neighborhood further out, but people could still technically hear them. They put everything back as if nothing happened. So if anyone drives by, it looks like it's calm. Exactly. For the police. That, and whenever we do see the other two cops driving by. Oh, they, those useless dipshits that Yeah, often, yeah, they are useless. <laughs> but it, it, but all, not only that, they're, they're also being tricked by the gang and thinking that, yeah, everything's okay here. Do you, there's a funny moment where Wells, <laughs> the, uh, Ethan goes, uh, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many uh, bullets you have left? And Lee goes, I've got, uh, I got two. And Napoleon goes, I got three shots left. And Ethan goes, I got three. So that gives you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. And Wells the whole time had an empty gun. That's right. That's right. He was shooting because he couldn't tell because it was a silencer on it. That's right. <laughs> he's like, well, motherfuckers. Yeah. But he's the one who comes up that they're, they're, it's the uh, the Chicos or the whatever the, the, the cult's name is. Yeah, the, like the death cult gang thing. He, he says we're, we're going to be doomed. Yeah, because he now, said he 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 did he was doing time with one of these crazy young fuckers or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do like the scene where Wells and Napoleon decide one of us has got to sneak out mm-hmm. and go start the car and get out of here. It's in the back of the precinct, and Wells doesn't want to go, but neither does Napoleon. Uh, fairness. But instead of like heads or tails, I always lean to a coin toss. Potatoes? Let's play potatoes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> One like, potato, three potatoes. 
Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's funny because and it's refreshing because you do have this dark tone film yep. and putting and he peppers in a little banter, not over the top banter, but just not, enough to let these guys know that they're they're quite likable. They're not mm-hmm. the pigs you think they would be, and they're they're human. You know, they're actually the main prison border was actually much worse than them. Yeah, the one who tripped him up and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but oh no, and, I, and the one what do, what do you call him? Who was on the bus with them? Who gets shot? Um, whenever the gang first come along, um, what do you call him? Stalker. Stalker. Or Stalker. Stalker yeah. didn't do anything wrong. I but he was a bit he of a dick whenever, right. he, whenever he, he's down talking to Napoleon, and he's um, saying to Napoleon, he goes, "I can't wait to see you fry. I'll be there." Or you know, words to no, that effect. No, but he does make the comment, "You're not a psychopath. You're a yes. smart guy. What are you? You're not stupid." So he wasn't. Yeah, but considering how most cops are portrayed in these kind of films. Yes. Um, you know, Compared to it was all right. Ethan, he, you he, know what I mean? He was a bit of an asshole. Um, they tried to make some uh, Lee moments. Who's your favorite actress of all time? You told everybody. Um, <laughs> Lee keeps just looking at Julie's body. Yeah. And it just doesn't work. Just move on. Lee, you can act. Well, the... the we, um, we, I mean, she, she never... The, she, the she, romantic the, tension between her and Napoleon is a bit um, contrived oh, you, as well. You think, it's, you think it's fucking Romeo and Juliet because you love... You think you just <laughs> called her the... You called her the next Meryl Streep. But you know what? See, within the context of this film, I accept it. And that includes the sort of, um, you know, the romantic ch- tension between her and Napoleon. <laughs> that was so bad when when they when they when they glare at each other and they yeah. look and say, "Is she mad at everybody? She never <laughs> smiles at all." This woman, yeah. Oh my, you're God. pretty good out there. <laughs> <laughs> so when they see Wells and he's trying to escape to get to the car, they're like, "Oh look, there's nobody coming. It looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks pretty good." And they look out the window. Oh shit! Here they come. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, pretty. It reminded me of the line in the fog mm-hmm. where. Um, there's no fog bank out there. Yeah. And the guy's like, the idiots, there's no fog bank out there. <laughs> and they look, she's, hey, wait a minute. There's a fog bank out there. Yeah. But um, I, I enjoyed, um, Wells getting it. That's a very effective scene. Yeah. It is nice when he gets shot and his head goes to the thing and. Well, not even no. the, fact, the fact that the, it's quite a shock when you first see it. That there's a guy actually he thinks he's getting away and stuff, but there's actually one of them in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah, and in. and Napoleon makes a joke. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was, but um, wasn't good. Who are the are these are these warlords? Are they ninjas? Because they're pretty good. <laughs> well, well, they're for for being so young and being sort of like sort of essentially, uh, you know, on the streets type thing. They're very clever, you know. Oh, and then Napoleon has a powerful statement. Jesus Christ, him and his statements. Mm-hmm. He's uh, <laughs> after after Wells gets it, he goes, "Ah, too bad, Wells. You'll never get to see the border." Yes, <laughs> but, but that see shit like that. That's just oozes charm. You know what I mean? These sort of corny B movie lines. Oh you know what I mean? God. Um, yeah, they are very. They're very John Wayne esque lines. Yeah, absolutely. John it's Wayne. A John Wayne would have lines like this in Stagecoach yeah. and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, hundred percent intentional, and it's a deadpan delivery by um, Napoleon as well. <laughs> you know, it's you know. I guess he'll never see the border now. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, 
and uh, and that, that whole speech that we were talking about earlier you know what i mean about the preacher telling them there's something strange about you you know what i mean you're connected to death that's you know real people don't talk like that you know what i mean it's, oh but, i know i but know it, it, but it's it's it 100 works here if you know you have to do it because the comments yeah. because it, it gives the movie a little charm yeah, absolutely. And Pop, you need that time. in this, especially when you just got done killing your kid. Yeah. You, you need to let Pepper in and wink at the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but these two dipshit cops, so they're driving around. And I just, I, I think it's so corny, but it, it's still, you're right. It's just, you go with it, it works. When they're like, oh my God, it's starting to rain. And they're like, wait a minute, that's <laughs> not, not rain. rain. It's, it's blood. <laughs> and they just happen to park where, where the phone repairman's hung the telephone, the, the telephone, the telephone pole man. being shot yeah, yeah. but he, oh. he died when he was still up on the fucking lamppost <laughs> they must have shot him so that's, that's why right. the phone lines were down yeah yeah so and then that's the cops rain, are coming that's blood <laughs> and I was like oh my god it's like one of those <laughs> urban legends yeah uh, so they take this big I, like, I do like the ending I like the idea where they pick this big sign to protect themselves yep um, and they're gonna obviously blow the canister that we talked mm-hmm. about, and so they do. It's actually pretty cool. It's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they 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 do get they do get in a pretty good fight. Um, I like to see a little more injuries on these guys' part, like a broken finger or something, because they're <laughs> they come out of this pretty un, unhurt. I mean, even the girl Lee, your favorite actress of all time. Yep, yep. She yep. um she ended up getting shot at least. Yeah. I mean, these guys are looking pretty good. So yeah, so when they finally them? blow, I do like the fact when they didn't really realize the plan when they were throwing Molotov cocktails. Yes, to get in, and the whole thing's all smoked, and you can't see anything, <laughs> um, which is kind of a fun little obstacle. And so, obviously, he blows the container. Everyone gets it, but they survive. Mm-hmm. And I love when the cops come down, and you see this all this fog bank mm-hmm. and smoke. And then when the smoke clears, there's just them sitting there, standing yeah. there. And then um, they're, they're they're going to basically take Napoleon away, but um, Bishop, you know, Ethan says, you know, get your hands off him, or words that effect, you know, let him walk out on his yeah. own type thing. And that, yeah, that a good it'll be a, a privilege. A it's a very, it's a very yeah, it'll be a privilege to walk out with you. Yeah, yeah, that's it'll a be really a privilege. Nice and it's much and better then, than you know any sort of corniness or whatever. You know what I mean? It, it actually, it's actually a very emotional moment. I mean, it wasn't crying or anything. Like you know what I mean. You were crying. You were <laughs> you know? crying. But it, it, it's a, it's a tender moment, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, yeah, good stuff. Brilliant stuff. In fact, uh, I like the I like the moment where Lapoyan, her and Lee, your favorite actress of all time. <laughs> Fuck up. Um, she she they glance at each other, mm-hmm. and then right. they just and they okay see ya. <laughs> that's like over. The fucking deal with you, Napoleon. That's because they know their love can never happen. Yeah, that's the yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, star-crossed lovers, but you know, tormented by never being able to get together. You know. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the arc, I think, because at the end of the day, Napoleon was being thrown around, handcuffed, blah. blah. Again, we don't know what he's done. They don't really explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't that's need best to. to leave it like that. Yeah, I, I suppose. And at the end of the day, he did help them out. He didn't run away on them. Mm-hmm. He did protect them. So Ethan was right to let I, him walk out. I love stories where like opposite sides or people who shouldn't be friends have to put their differences to the side and bond together for the greater cause. 
So, you know, yeah, yeah. this is a classic it, it, example of that. It, yeah, I mean, this film has been so influential. There's a remake, which is quite solid. Um, not, nothing's going to be as good. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be as good as the original, but we might we might tackle that one. Yeah. They, they, they do a real nice job keeping the source Fishburne material there. Yeah, they keep the source material there, but they tweak it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So they make it their own, and uh, mm-hmm. it's nice. It'd be nice to, to talk about the comparisons. I will check Might it. get to it someday. I would say as well, um, um, going back to the score, it is one of my all-time favorite film scores. Yeah, it's Carpenter. Yeah, especially said. the main thing. It's very simple. Yep. It's amazing, right. simple music. and he, he, Same thing with the Jaws theme, the Psycho theme. 100%. You know? Yep. Keep it simple. Cool. All right, guys. I don't think we have to really finish our final thoughts. This, to me, is uh, Carpenter Classic. It's not one of my... It's not... Ah, will it be in his top? It'd be up there. It'd be up there for sure. But... Uh, a pure classic. Either way, either way, it gave us the next film, Halloween. So... Yeah. What more do you need? The rest is history. Um, exactly. Um, it's got some nice editing. It's got some nice quick cuts. Uh, it's got, you know, it's uh, it's got the hokiness in the right places to let people know this is only a film. Well balanced. It's, uh, well balanced. It's an hour and a half. It flies by. The acting was it was fair. It was, it was all right. Besides so Lee, you your favorite actress of all time. Yeah, no, right. you said you you no you you called the Meryl Streep. I'd happily defend her. Uh, she's not that okay, bad. Okay, of course you would, because she's yeah. the greatest actress of all time. That's what you just <laughs> said. I, you just said it again. All right, guys, the new issue of Phantasmagoria has just been released. It's available on locally here at Forbidden Planet and, of course, all over the world on Amazon. Yep. And I'm featured in it, so, you know, if you want, you know, Work get closer to me alone. And, and see the written word of Kieran. Yeah. You know, I think the that's a gift. The written wisdom of Kieran. Yeah. Uh, you're the one who said, you're the one who said wisdom. Yeah, Jedi Master. But again, you are the one. Yeah. Did I master you are the Peter? one who thought Lee was great. You, you thought Lee was the greatest. <laughs> well, probably. Maybe. You can uh, always you can, Maybe. You can always reach out to us. And sit in. Oh, can I finish this ending, please? So I Go can ahead. This? Go ahead. Thank you. We're available. You can talk to us if you want. Nobody does. Send us <laughs> frame underscore podcast. And, of course, on Facebook. Uh, next next one up is going to be a fun one, uh, Tango and Cash. So check it out. And then we tackle Scream. Ooh. That's it. We're wrapping this one up. Have a good one.